0: Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader, or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dasius. With another episode, this is our 11th episode. Every every Wednesday, we have a new show, a new episode. We have a great guest. This episode is brought to you by Dassius Facilities Management. Dassius Facilities Management will manage your property with your services, such as cleaning, maintenance, um, facility management, construction, and vendor management. Please call them now, 617-237-0106, or go online at dasiusfm.com, dasiussm.com. We have a great show for you. We have a guest. Her name is Victoria Antoine. Victoria Antoine, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being in this show. Like I said, this is our 11th episode. And we're going to try to um, know more about you and go deeper into that conversation. So what can you tell us about you?
1: (laughs) By the way, I'm Haitian.
0: Um, All right. I'm... Like I see um,
1: um, So I am an um, independent journalist uh, for five years. And also um, for five years, I used to run a startup company, two start a company. One is the online fashion magazine, and another one is the creative agency. So the fashion magazine used to be Face Magazine. Um, I was the managing editor, and then I moved out to the editor-in-chief for pretty much just like four or five years and then i become a business operational business manager for a creative agency which is nime um, which is for people who need our services Especially if they needed digital marketing, um, event planning, and any um, any services that were details in digital marketing and social media management. And now I'm working on a documentary film based on the psychological damage between Black mothers and daughters in the African diaspora. Um, This documentary is a very personal and very intimate documentary based on you know the facts of my personal. Journey with my relationship with my mother and my grandmother, and see how. Our family dynamic is different, um, and also to give more history of how how we have a different, you know, relationship between our mothers and daughters in the African diaspora, especially in the Haitian community. Yeah. So it's going to be a very controversial film, but uh-huh. it sets the tone of um, creating an open dialogue. So. Yeah pretty much I am a proud Frank Con. For everyone knows that I have a hat called Frank Kong. Um, for people who don't know that Frank Con is a it's a slang or it's a word to say rude but also could be used as bold so I'm a very bold person and I have no filter I tell it like it is and yep. it is what it is but the Haitian that's way that's what right? I'm currently working on is the Haitian <laughs> way exactly the Haitian way
0: but let's let's go um, a little bit deeper on that documentary I think it would be very interesting can you tell us more what gets you to to mm-hmm. go for something like that
1: yeah Um. so um, for the documentary, I, you know, with the years of experience with my journalism skills and I have traveled through the Caribbean, Haiti, Trinidad, Tobago and yeah. Guyana, they all have the same problem, which is the family dynamic. Okay. Um, so when I was traveling to the first time I went to Haiti, it was before the earthquake yeah. and it opened my eyes of uh, the relationship between mothers and daughters and mothers treated their daughters as servant. I see that all the time Um, when I was visiting my family in Haiti, and mothers treat their sons like kings. And when their son goes wrong, (laughs) who who's the first person to stick up to? Mama. And and I'd be hearing so many stories of you know there's a I heard so many stories that girls are being sexual abuse. In our community, yep. yes. there are being psychological damage, there's mental health and issue. There are also a psych, um, socioeconomic di- differences between yep. Black mothers and daughters. So for the low income, um, below poverty, the, the relationship is very difficult. And, yes. you know, it's like the survival mode um, where compared to higher income mothers and daughters, they're more having more intimate, more of, you know, healthy, emotional relationship. If that makes sense. No, so makes sense. So to yeah, it, so it for me to, to do the documentary, I had to see the overall of the history, like going back from Africa when we were enslaved to, to the Caribbeans, where we gained our independence during that time. And then the dynamic has changed when we migrated to other countries like the U.S. and Canada and France, Okay. the other countries. So the dynamics has changed despite of throughout the history. So we starting. I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see a lot of mental health issues in our community. I'm starting to see a lot of sexual abuse that is being under sweep under the rug during that time. So why not do a documentary on that, that tackles that issue where in our community is very taboo. So, oh, man. like I said, well, I, I'm not a freaker as me. You,
0: you go, you go, you're going too fast. You go, and <laughs> I like, I like what I'm hearing, and, and I'm, I'm glad you're here because I know this is a big issue. People don't like to. It mention is. That it is. And they don't like to even. But like you said, it's a taboo subject. So let's. Can you take us to that history to kind of educate our listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, when I did my research on the history of the African diaspora, um, it take you back like the color sensation. So when the, I'm referring to the Haitian, history and I'm not talking about like American history I'm talking about the world history so when France w- when France colonized you know first of all it was Spaniards now in the early in the early 1600 and 1700 it was the Spaniards that colonized okay um, Espanola. so Hispaniola is Haiti and Dominican Republic yes. so the slave trade started the slave trade started in 1600 so that was the Spaniards you know Christopher Columbus was the First, you know, discover the Espoyola when his original plan was to go to India. So Haiti has much rich culture and much rich. Um, capital like it has money, you know. And during that time, it was mostly tobacco and sugar cane. Yes. And so, when slave trade start in the early 1600, so all the the west part of Africa, the African country like Guyana, uh, Nigeria, um, Benin, Congo, a Republic of Congo, um, that was the region of where our ancestors ancestors come from. And okay. the difference between the history that um, the family dynamic in that era. Is that mothers and daughters? Daughters look at mothers' house for beauty. You know, we look at beauty, we look at, you know, femininity. You know what I'm saying. So that's what we look at our mothers to to embody the the image of motherhood. The mother represent womanhood, the yeah. the enter of the kingdom of womanhood. Yeah. So when we are girls, we look at our mothers as okay, this is the ideal woman for future me, future yeah. education. You know, all the necessities that is like survival. So when colonization hit Haiti and slavery tra- changed, the dynamic has changed. OK, this is more a survival. This is more of like, OK, we're a slave. What are we going to do? We don't like it's it's a family unit during that time because like we we're enslaved, We are, you know, by the French owner. Yep. What are we going to do? We don't have to worry about family right now. We have to worry about getting our freedom. That's the main course of that our culture. We have to worry about freedom, and then we think about what's next in the future. So after you know, we fought against the French and we gained our independence in 18- 1804. After the 1804, there's a lot of dynamic of cult is not only colorism, but also classism in our culture. So there's a lot of colorism. Let's say, for example, like my mother is a light skinned woman. I'm a dark skinned and light skinned woman. I mean, dark skinned woman. The dynamic is still heavy because there's colorism. we've colorism is just embedded in our culture. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, we look at lighter. The lighter, the better. If you're dark, you're nothing.
0: Oh, you know what I'm saying? You. So,
1: imagine...
0: Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think when you said you, you kind of, wow. Yeah. And I like it. Like I said, I understand what you're saying. And mm-hmm. my question... Did you, did you grow up in Haiti or did you know about that?
1: No, I was, grow, I grew up in the U.S. Okay. Um, so there's a different, there's a dent between the Haitian Americans and the Haitian who were born in Haiti. Yes. So the Haitian Americans, like myself, we have the resources. We have the resources yes. to access to Absolutely. mental health. We have resources to access the health that we have. Unfortunately um, But in Haiti There's limited access There's limited access to mental health There's limited access to um, Women Rights, uh, yeah. reproducing um, rights, all that we were fortunate enough to have in the U.S. is not available, in, available Haiti. in That's Haiti. a huge difference between Haitian
0: Americans and Haitian-born. Right. Victoria, I'm very happy you're here because woo, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I like it. All right, all right.
1: All right so the dynamics has changed between the Haitian Americans and the Haitian. are born in Haiti. There's a huge difference between a lot of us, but we can't be talking about unity when we have a lot of issues that need to be addressed. So that's why it motivated me to do a documentary. And throughout the history of the difference between you know, not only the, our Haitian community, but also in the yep. whole African diaspora because I'm covering the whole African diaspora because I have talked to people from Canada, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, Bahamas, like all the African diaspora that has this, I'll be hearing the same story. It is the same problem. Same so problem. I definitely, oh. ha- I, I, same problem. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was the same problem, and the same. It's not the same solution. So this documentary can shed the light of the difference between you know the relationship, the psychological di- relationship. Because I felt like we Haitian Americans, we carried the burden of the generational trauma. Oh. Wow. It was nothing. If you see the beginning of the Baby Doc era to the Papa yeah. Doc era, to all of that is the same trauma. And we, as a Haitian American, we are the ones that either to break the cycle or continue the cycle. And this wow. is the documentary that covers that.
0: Oh, man. So yes, let's do it twist, Sexy, okay. your family. So let's start with you. How, did you, how did you go um, <laughs> in in the U.S., living in the Haitian household?
1: Oh my God. Um my my family my mom and my parents were both from Haiti during that time and me growing up as a Haitian American it was very it was icyin every day 365 yes. days a week 7 days a week 24 hours yeah. a day that's yeah. icyin all the day. All day but it's just the fact it was I had it a whole, all day but um while I was growing up I had to be different I had to separate my cultural side to American side because I wanted to fit in. And it was really hard because like back then, there was, old, I always get into fights. I always get to, you know, I was get bullied. I was a huge nerd. I was I was bullied among my own peers, my own Haitian peers, which is really sad because First, um, because they asked me work. like, oh yeah, even worse. Like, oh, that's okay. Um, even worse because they will ask, they're questioning like my my Blackness sometimes, they're questioning my culture. Like, oh, you Haitian, but you don't speak Creole? It's not my fault because like, I didn't grow up with my grandparents. I didn't grow up with my grandparents at all. Both of my my parents didn't have a relationship with their parents. And my grandparents didn't have a relationship with their parents. So there's a lot of generational trauma. And um, I don't want to give it more personal, but, my my mom, my mom's side of the family come from the wealthy side of Haiti. Yeah. Um, my grandfather used to be Tutu Matu. I don't know. It, it's a it's a term for boogeyman um, during the Dubai yeah, gay matu era.
0: Matu, matu, oh, my yeah.
1: grandfather. Yeah, yeah, he was a Tutu matu. And um, I heard stories about my grandfather and I didn't, at first, I didn't pay attention to Haitian like politics like that because it was just like, it's not relevant to me. And when I was doing a rel- re- research on that era, I was like, oh, so he was the one that terrorized the community. So, and people's blood, you know what I'm saying? So he's out here killing yeah. and Yep. Like he killed people Policy, and ask so, question yeah, later. I know. Yeah. So, and also I have family members who, in the political connection to the presidency during that time. So I don't know if you know this well-known activist called So-Anne. She is a well-known act, political activist in Haiti. Okay. Um, she ran for a senator, <laughs> so wow. if you look it up, it's, her name is So Anne. Yeah, so I'm pretty much famous in Haiti. So I don't want people to know. No. I didn't. If I went to Haiti today, and they asked for my last name, they pretty much know my family, pretty much, wow. because of the the activists and um, how my grandfather like was political in background. engaged that era. Yeah. So it motivates me to be a journalist because oh yeah,
0: like your family. Your family have a- well, yeah, I, I
1: come from a political power. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom. My mom grew up with wealth. My, because um, during that era. My grandfather was, he has He has a big house. He has a mansion. He has yeah. maids cleaning after my mom and her siblings. Um, in the bottom of his house, he has a co- um, convenience store. So he carries firearms, <laughs> <laughs> he carried firearms. So he carried oh, AK-47. Dang. So if you do him wrong, you you know, you gotta go. So, so coming from, you know, a, a family member who, were you know well off during that era it was, makes me feel like where's my bougie rights you yeah. know but they have to leave yes. but to
0: leave.
1: the thing yes. is they have to leave because they have to leave because like if they stay i wouldn't been exist i wouldn't yes. be exist at
0: all and to add to what so you're that's saying happening. that's a big exile for a lot of family where if mm-hmm. they were involved in in that politic and when this time they left Haiti, that's a new generation that kind of translated to the U.S. And I think you, your family got in the middle of it. So can can you go deeper on yeah, your, that. your culture, struggle, like you just mentioning, can you, can you go deeper on that?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So I was dealing, I always knew that I wanted to be a journalist. Um, because growing up, you know, back in the 90s, that was just some difficult time. And um, you would hear people getting killed on a daily basis. So it kind of motivated me to be a journalist. And, but at the same time, I was into, you know, I was into really deep in my culture. I was into... You know, voodoo. I was yep. into like alternative lifestyle that you know Haitian people can felt like you're sh- you're shun in the community. Um, so but when I was into like punk rock. I was into I was into like alternative music di- during that time when I was growing yep. up. But at the same time, I-, I questioned myself like, am I Haitian enough to fit in? Or oh, and I'm not Haitian enough just to because I'm listening to certain music or I have certain style or I have tattoos because they think I'm a a desert But okay. to me, it felt like I like to be different. And okay. growing up, it was hard because I've been bullied with... Questioning myself: Do I wanted to tell people that I'm Haitian so that people cannot bully me, or should I just tell people that I'm Haitian so that the other race of people will think that, oh, wow, uh, you look exotic, you know? So yeah, it was it was questionable when I was growing up. And me, as an individual, I have dealt with depression. I have dealt with anxiety, you know. And me, it's been, you know. I wasn't asked for help, you know what I'm saying? And I turned to education to escape. You know, I was, you know, when I was in high school, I was counting down, I was counting down of when I'm going to college. Okay, And that's where it's my time for me to escape the whatever the issue um, that i had in my life and
0: then one thing that yeah. resonates a lot so if you follow us on 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 youtube or on our platform on apple podcast podbean everybody mm-hmm. said college was an escape experience for them so and i'm absolutely, fascinating to hear everybody if you follow us, every single person we had, every guest we had on the show, say the same thing about the experience in college. But you said you you mentioned something very very, uh, it's a touchy subject when you mention about depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you wanna go oh, yeah. deeper on that. Oh, it's up to you. But wow. I know people will will really want to know more because there's a it's a real it's a real struggle out there for a lot of people.
1: If it, it's definitely I I'm going to deeper on that topic on my mental health because it needs to be addressed right now. And this is a um, it needs it, it's very serious matter. Um, I I had the first mental problem that I started to have was anxiety. Um, I I think I got my anxiety is from my mom because I feel like so antsy and um, especially like if I'm surrounded by crowded, like if I go to the, it was a, a, a concert or a la ball. I would just look for as the nearest exit and I dip. Um, so if it, it was more of my, I first started, it was more of my social anxiety because I'm always introverted. When I was a child, um, I always felt alone. And even though I have, friends I felt like my friends are taking advantage of me and I had this like this doubt and questioning myself like am i good enough and if I'm better than enough and that's why I'm like okay maybe it's just me maybe it's my self-esteem and then it hit to college that's when all hell break loose because when I was in college and I was, um, I I wanted to escape my my fan like whatever meant for like whatever the moment it be, but I I was very overwhelmed because I wasn't prepared what to expect when I go away for college because both my parents were not college grad. Okay, they have a high high school degree. That's only education they have so it's kind of like i'm very scared i don't know what to do it's just like life was throwing me at the door during that time and i was in my my mood has changed i wasn't active like i used to i wasn't like you know being social as i used to so i was always up in my room in my dorm room and just do my work and just not be socialized okay and then um then um up until you know i hit my myth my mid-20s and i was stressed i was stressed mostly stressed but at the same time i was not motivated to finish finish up my degree because i was there was a certain issue that that i don't know like what's what's really bothers me until until uh, i'm going a little bit deeper and i'm going let it really 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 dig deeper um After, you know, I, I, you know, after I talked to my siblings and about like what, you know, I've been depressed for a while. um, I have weird anxiety. I do have anger issues. So they addressed me to help me to get a therapist to to combat my issues because I felt like. I wasn't motivated to do much. And even though I have so many ideas, I just felt like I was just not being myself for a while. Wow. And it took me, I was really serious. I was really mentally serious for four years until I actually got help that I needed. So I'm continually going to therapy to be a better person, to how to address my own emotions and, wow. you know, making sure that I'm taking care of myself. Mentally, instead of like um, the rest physically, because if I can't take care of me, take care of myself mentally, how I'm going to take care of myself physically? The re- yeah, physically. And this is a huge problem that we had in our cup co- in our community because, you know, we were taught that oh, pray away, oh, you don't need. That's why people think oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. like I said, All of that, and it, it was just. I'm
0: sorry to to laugh. It's- mm-hmm. And they say that this is the re- that's a, that's why they say, they said no no no, yeah like um you 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 have food, you have a house, you shouldn't be depressed. F-
1: <laughs> All right, right exactly. That was oh, what oh I was. God. Yep, that was what I was grew up to. I was I was grew up to. Oh, you have a house, you got a roof over your head. You got why are you depressed for? well depressed for It was just like. I had to hold it in and, and then battle it out in silence. I have this whole killing myself when I was a teenager. It was it was a long battle. And I started having that battle since I was 16 years old. Wow. And I couldn't I, I was I was asking for help until I was in my mid 20s and the therapy that it was when I went to my first therapy session it was like it was more like a conversation that I had with my friends kind of thing so okay. it was hard I read, I was looking for a black I prefer a black therapist to understand what you know what we black people go through yeah. so I got myself a new therapist during that time and I lay out all the issues that it happened to me and um I'm gonna go back to my personal life. When I found out that I have a biological father, I was oh. said to myself, thank God I was on therapy right now because if I wasn't in therapy, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I would be in prison for attempted murder. I would this. It was a secret that was kept for me most of my life. Oh, man. That everyone in my family knew except me. It hurts. Yes. It hurts. The minute they, the minute they told me the secret that I had, they, they told me I was hurt. And I was grateful because it was a blessing in disguise that during that time I was sneaking help.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: But... At the same time, I don't know how to address my own issue with that secret that was re- was but revealed to me.
0: Oh, did you In my out? life. Did, did did they tell you or something happened?
1: No, they told they knew. They told me around February this year. And they told me they they told me how it happened. They told me how it happened. And um oh, I hear that. when I it, it, It's okay. Um, When I talk to my first biological father, deep in my heart, I I honestly, I don't want a relationship with him and his family because his hurt caused my mother's hurt. He hurt my mother, psychological damage that her hurt affected not just me, but affected my siblings too in the mm-hmm. long run And then Impe- Haitian people do not know their action hurt people.
0: Oh, wow. They do. This and they don't right.
1: see it. They don't fit fee- they, they,
0: they they don't see it. Oh, <laughs> they, thank you. And I think um yes, everywhere it's the same issue with everybody. It's not the same in the same dimension. Yeah, yeah. But something part of it that every family mm-hmm. deal with. And I think your documentary That was Actually, a, I agree. Yeah. Will make a good um a good that's why um, yeah help and resources for it but um so all did you get out of it
1: absolutely how I get out of it is to find an avenue that I'm really good at I'm very creative I'm 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 an entrepreneur you know I'm doing I do film I do I like to write you know I find ways to occupy my mind of so the the secret that I was revealed to me and. With that, having, you know, having a therapy that was advocating for you, was there for you. And um, having a a very support, like having support system is really big for me because if it wasn't for the support that I had, I wouldn't be here, you know, I wouldn't be here. So it's very important to have an external, an internal support. The internal support is your family and friends. Your external is the outside, the therapists, your professors, and your teachers. Um, pe- yeah. Pretty much, like people who don't know you will support your adventures, and that was really big to me for me to move forward um, because I have a very strong support system to, you know. That were advocating me because they were there for me when I walked the stage to the co- you know when I got my college degree. They were there for me when I got my you know my got, I got my first driver's license. I got my first car. I they were there me there for for me when I was they they were there for me for my you know major milestone mm-hmm. stone in my life. So Take that's it. how I move forward.
0: I like big family, big Haitian family. They're always proud of everything we do.
1: Yeah. So when my biological father was missing out 30 years, I was like, there's nothing to build a relationship on. And I'm not bashing men in general, but men who wasn't there for their children for long periods of time, don't deserve to be part of it. Don't deserve that. Because you caused this psychological damage that I had, even though I do have a father figure in my life. Oh, wow. You know, so I have a father figure. I have a father who loves me. And even though my not blood, he's still my dad. He loves me for who I am and he will support me. He encouraged me to be a journalist. He was the, oh, I'm sorry. He was the only one out of my whole family to encourage me to be a journalist because he doesn't, because not a lot of Haitian parents doesn't have that that drive, that that very support system. So when my, oh yeah, when my biological father wanted to come in my life, I want nothing to do with him because he didn't open his mouth to say something. Even though you were young, you didn't open your mouth to take the responsibility. But it had another man who took it it under my under his way. Yes. This is why it's crucial. It's crucial to go to therapy. It was crucial for me to take care of my mental health. If if I wasn't in my therapy, if I, if I wasn't in you know taking care of my mental health, I would be in destruction. I will be. I will be out here killing. I'll be doing, God knows what. Yeah. Sure. Because of what I've been through, you know. So, do I really want him in my life? No. Oh.
0: Yeah. And I moved on. That's like it
1: you have your own life, you have your own
0: second ba- family, move on. That's the way it is. Yes. Time and for the <laughs> No, 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 It's And that's the tear make it well, because this is a serious issue. And, and I think people are going to relate to this episode. It just happened because this is and this is what the platform is talking about things that people don't have a chance to do to talk about. And we as Haitian, we think everything is—we assume everything is fine as long as we have money, we have clothing, we have education, we have a way, like a way to live. But our history, the secrecy, the family secrecy, sometimes keep us to have that burden upon us and need to be addressed. And then I, I, I kind of, I applaud you for and um, taking the courage to share this with us. So like I was saying, we need to do better as Haitian. But my next question is, do you, or did you identify yourself? Is it American, American Haitian, Haitian? So I don't know. How do you identify yourself?
1: First of all, I'm African Haitian.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I'm African Haitian. My ancestors are from Ghana, Republic of Congo, and Angolia. So, pretty much west african and i'm haitian so how? pretty much to answer your question i'm african caribbean okay you know but if it's just you know certain areas i would just say i'm haitian period i'm haitian all the way you know Uh, i i I grew up in our culture so i'm haitian period i don't care i don't classify myself as American because I still get shunned when it comes to opportunity and the struggles yep. and racism and sexism. I'm Haitian, period. Um, no, nobody can tell me otherwise. I'm Haitian.
0: That's the same thing for me, too. I'm Haitian. So we have to embrace our culture. And the more we do it, the better, the 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 more other people will have the courage to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So let, let's okay. switch to your journey into your education. Now you're a journalist. Uh, you're doing education. big thing. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it for you?
1: Um, Education-wise, I was... It was a struggle for me because um, I was in special education. I was a special need child. And it was very difficult for my mom and I. And, you know, during that time, growing up in the 90s, they looked people kids with special education especially kids of color um there's something wrong with them but it was not wrong there's nothing wrong with me um it's just that you know i have delayed you know disability you know so i didn't talk when i was four years old so they placed me in a special education through up until sixth grade um then I get out of it, but I still get treated like I'm in special education until middle school. So when I went to high school, I went to a trade high school and I graduated with a high school degree and business office administration. So it's pretty much just like business administration okay. that I was pursuing. So after high school, I got accepted to um University of Bridgeport for one semester, but I was not during that time it was during the financial recession, so I could I wasn't able to pay for my education, so I took a two three years college gap year. Um, so I had to get myself a job, um, got myself a job, save up what I need to save up for school, and then I went to a community college. That's where I meet my business professor um still contact to this day um encouraged me to have a better understanding about business so i was taking okay. business elective in community college and then i transferred to um university of dartmouth okay. uh, i was there for two semester and then the boston marathon the bomber um I went to school with him and there is a lot of FBI on campus and <laughs> the oh, feds. <laughs> <no>.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, so it that? was the feds on the campus so I transferred out. It was hell.
0: Can you give that, us more
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, I was, I I was a new student at University of at, um, UMass Dartmouth. Yep. Um, university of Massachusetts over Dartmouth. And, um, I was, you know, I was an English major during that time, and I wanted to, you know, get a degree in um, journalism, the concentration in journalism. So I was taking classes, um, get the requirements for me to graduate and all of that. So it was kind of like my second year when I transferred to a community college. And then um, during the spring semester when I'm getting ready for the spring semester around April the Boston bomb the Boston marathon bombed in downtown Boston yeah. and turned to find out the, the kid that I went to school with attended New Mass so you know what during that time I was like, so what are we going to do? They had the school had lockdown, right? Half the school had lockdown. Feds, FBI, <laughs> came to the campus yeah. and tell the whole people on campus to um, evacuate everyone. Everybody has to leave immediately. Even though people who live internet, like I feel bad for international students, but for everyone else, they got to leave. They have to leave immediately because they had to to do an investigation on campus and I'm like so during that time I had a friend who used to live in Connecticut so we stayed I stayed in Connecticut okay and it was just like an hour probably an hour and a half so uh, once we were staying we were out of away from school after we got ev- um, evacuated from the feds and the FBI and the DEA you know the whole law enforcement team, Uh, once they did an investigation on the campus and get the evidence that they thought they found the bomber, um, I decided to transfer out after that. the end of the spring semester. So during that time, I was in my early 20s, I was 23, 24 during that time, and I transferred out to um, out of UMass Dartmouth after that incident when I, during the Boston Marathon um, bomber attended our school, I took my school at that time. So I, I left, go to community college, changed my major to English, from English to business, because I felt like um, while I was in high school, I was very active with Business Professional America, DACA. I was I was, I went to conferences, you know, business conferences, at, yeah. you know, when I was in high school. So, well, oh, yeah, definitely. So it, it gravitate me to be more entrepreneur. Um, so when um, I transfer out from UMass Dartmouth to um to, to go back to my community college, I changed my major to English to business because business is very broad. So I took a lot of business courses and then I transferred that I transferred to Salem State University, which is in Salem in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, based on the history, it's my, my school at Salem is down down the street from the actual <laughs> trial. Witch, of the Salem trial the Witch a, tri- the yeah, trial. Time. So witch it's right trial. down the street. Yeah. Um so I finished up my business degree and during that time that's when I become a, a entrepreneur. I hop on a business um business partnership while I was in finish up my degree in Salem State University. So that's why I hop on the business business um business partnership with <laughs> Um, phase magazine. Yep, I get half of the company and then I hold the position as a managing editor. So, my business partner was the editor in chief, I was a managing editor. So, I was getting the experience of how to run a company, how to run yep. a staff. So, it gives me the skills that I needed to be an entrepreneur. And then, um, after probably three years in or four years into the business, and I was a business, um, op- business. Business operation management. So I was a okay. business opera, um, business manager. So I was managing pe- You know, managing the company with finance, accounting, um, anything I learned from you know from my undergrad. I was in the process to finish it, but I, anything I learned from my all my business classes, I apply it to my business. Okay. Pretty much, and um, then COVID hit. Everything was good until um, when COVID hit, lost the business very, like, everything because oh, we're starting to see profit yeah i was starting yeah. we started to see profit and then um i decided to like you know what i wanted to leave the business for good i wanted to you know focus on my own thing um so i decided to go back to freelancing because during that time as a journalist you're a freelancer so that was it yep. you know, i was able to um i was able to get writing assignment i had a writing assignment and um I had a writing assignment during that time. I was about to leave, Um, I was about to leave, but I did, prior to that, I I had a writing. I was fortunate enough to travel to uh, Trinidad. I was was traveling to Trinidad and that was during the time it was kind of like my last year of college. So I went to Trinidad for my vacation for a spring break for a week and, you know, do a writing assignment about like the lifestyle, you know, the things to do when you're on, you know, when you're on a vacation in Trinidad. Okay. And then after I got back from Trinidad, um, I, you know, do a lot of freelance work. I did uh, marketing, digital marketing, social media marketing. So I was building my client, my own clientele during that time. And then I decided to go back to Trinidad. And this time, the second time, it was more of a business trip. So the original plan is to open up a farm, mind you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, my God. So I decided to like, OK, this is a business trip. What opportunities that I wanted to create? Yep. And then I have another I have a, a writing assignment during that time. I was in Guyana. So I took a hour flight to from Trinidad to Guyana to do a writing assignment. And the writing assignment it was during that time was American companies. Guyana just, just discovered oil. Okay. American companies are going to South America to get oil, even though there's oil in Texas. But, anyways, so I was able to explore Guyana, beautiful country. Oh my God, beautiful country! People wow. are nice and. It's like back home it's just yeah. better the economy was um so i was staying there for three days and for a writing assignment explore you know guyana the countryside i was staying at the countryside um i didn't stay in on georgetown i stay um outside, outside of georgetown so i was able to enjoy my life yep i was able to join my vacation my stay in guyana and then woo, boom by the time I then I had to took a, uh, take a flight back to Trinidad to for um for the remaining of my business trip because I was staying there for two weeks. Okay, I got holed up by the immigration custom. They uh, thought I was transporting drugs because uh, I was staying for three days in the country, even though yeah. I was I was uh, I was on a lock up abroad situation. So. Immigration, um, the immigration custom asked me a lot of questions like, why are you in Ghana?" I was here for a guy. All oh, right. I asked them a lot. I, they asked me a lot of questions and I was ha- I was carrying like a carry on most of my stuff in my laptop, in my camera. And they they asked me questions again. It was like, why are you in Guyana? Are, who are you with? I was like, you ain't my man. You ain't my, you ain't my name. <laughs> so to find out. They turned to found out I had, they placed me in the office where there's a bed, right? There was a bed in, the, in, the, in the, the, with the immigration custom office. I was okay. staying there. There was two female officers. They asked me the same question like the dude did, yeah. and they asked me why are you here, why are you, you know, why are you staying for three days. So all of that. They thought I was transporting drugs, and I said to myself, "There's no money in Guyana, so why would I want to transport drugs anyway? There's no money." But back to the story. So it was it was a fun adventure, and um, they hold up the pl- they hold up the flight for me after they integrate me and say, "Okay, you're up to go." I was. Ta- traumatized from this experience and said to myself, I'm not going to Guyana ever again because of this. You and mean, so they hold up the, the flight for me. <laughs> even though it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful. country.
0: <laughs> even wow. though
1: it was a beautiful country, I I would love to stay. It's all right. And then I went back to Trinidad and continued with the remaining of you know my vacation, my business okay. vacation. So, I was a good experience that I was I was an a I was able to take pictures and practice my photo journalism. Okay, because I take pictures and to capture the culture, to capture it. Um, just to you know, that was the the practice but of my family because it was okay. more focused on photo journalism. Then when I went to back to Trinidad, I was having fun. I was doing Fatlan I do bacanán and tuba every. I was having okay. a good time. And then I went, I tried, I explore the countryside of Trinidad. So I went to San Fernando. Woo! Um, gives me the idea of me to start my own business soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, oh yeah, definitely. So when I get back, I was just confused. I was just like, I I was just continuing to be a journalist. I just continued to write. And then COVID hit. I regroup. I tried to figure out what you know what I'm gonna do. You know I recently a college grad, got a business degree. Why not utilize it? So I utilize my business degree, what I learned, and apply myself for my business adventure. So I'm in the process to open up a cafe um, where I'm where I lived, and this is a 420 cafe where people can come in and and drink coffee at the same time. And the reason why I wanted to open up because. I'm very bougie and I like to go out for coffee all the time. And how how I spend my day, how I spend my studies is going to the coffee shop. So I spend most of my studies at coffee shop to do my homework. Um, I usually conduct businesses meetings. Okay. Uh, so it's always in the coffee shop. So it was a very interesting interact. So I was doing an assignment. I was doing a assignment at the Cape and for a record label in the Cape because I'm still a business manager. So they asked me to be their business manager to operate the, the business side of the label down in the Cape. They have a live performances. I was networking. I told them that, oh, I'm in the process to do two things, do a documentary because you know with the years experience of you know journalism and practice of my photojournalism i wanted to trans- translate it to film to test my journalism skills yeah, skills of yeah. doing documentary and then also i mentioned about opened up a cafe where people like me as a filmmaker and a entrepreneur hang out i like art you know artists you know, so artists and painters and photographers and you know, the the creative people, the creative yep. the, the creative content, you oh, know, people yeah. who look like me, need a place to stay, to hang out, and enjoy and have intellectual conversation with people. So why not create a um, a cafe? The coffee, yeah. Um when I mentioned to, yep. When I mentioned to one individual it's like oh my god let me yeah. connect with, with certain self so um, I was connected to the economic developer in my town and I mentioned about the cafe I was like oh my god this is this is what they we need Yeah. they connect me to another one to another one and I was like oh my god uh, we need this We yeah. I'm giving you the support getting the resources that um, give me the wow. resources that I need to just make it happen so pretty much it was more network Networking. I was um, I was nap working. Once I get the help that I needed with my mental health, I was yeah. I was now being more social. So that way I was networking, I'm meeting people. I was like, hey, I had a business idea, come through, let's do a collaboration. So I was make up the time that, you know, I was depressed for, you know? So all the relationship that I had with people professionally and personally, it was due to my own personal demons that I have to endure in order for me to go back in the field. So, So I'm grateful that I was able to get the help that I needed and I will continue to get the help that I need At the same time, I was fortunate enough to like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to the people that I've known for years to help me with my business ventures. And I get the most support that I had and needed and I'm doing it. So right now I'm looking at funding and also finishing up the business plan to open up a cafe. And once I hopefully expand to U.S. and to Canada, then I can grow my another business adventures which is become a supplier for the cannabis yeah. industry because wow. there's so much money that you need to be made
0: yeah, so I was like that's, that's what I heard
1: why not get in <laughs> It was like why not get in so there's there's oh, a lot definitely. of money to be made and and there's a lot of investors willing to invest so why yeah. not so I that's what I'm currently doing right now is just work on this documentary, getting funding. It was just pretty much just doing a lot of funding and networking. And networking. I was fortunate enough to I was fortunate enough to meet people that was willing to help out. So I was forever grateful for that.
0: So when, when should we expect your documentary?
1: Um, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't start filming a year ago. But since it's COVID, um, I'm, I'm planning to start filming in the fall. So I'm reaching out right now for the summer. I'm reaching out psychologists, therapists, individuals who have their own experience with their mothers and daughters, um, you know, influencers. So I'm doing the reaching out part and also put it together, a, a production team. So Wow. Right now, it's just putting to putting together a production team and um, reaching out to individuals who want to be part of it. And then I'm going to plan to start filming it in the fall. Wow! And then um, it's going to be a long journey because it's, it's yes. required for me to to travel. You know, a there's a lot of traveling and a lot of content to produce.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: definitely. Yeah,
0: but um, I really appreciate the time because you you satisfy us with when you said you're gonna you're gonna be yourself and you go deeper on all the conversation, all the question we had. Um, last word for you?
1: I don't know. Last word. Um, uh, my my tip for you know the Haitian individual who don't fit the. The typical Haitian, you know, in our community, we were praised. All oh, the doctor, lawyer, Too bad guy, and the the nice. the profession, the occupation that benefit the community. Just be yourself. If you want to be a Franco, do it. You know, if you want to be a journalist, do it. If you want to be a business owner, do it. Yeah. If you wanted to be a DJ, do it. Do it. Yeah. Let's never stop. Never stop your dream. Never stop your dream and. Always, never take life for granted. Never, never, never take life for
0: granted. Well well said. Well said. Well said. Definitely. Thank you, Victoria Antoine. She's a creator. She's a business person. She's an entrepreneur. And she's also a journalist. She's working on a documentary. We will be expecting soon, but we'll we'll be patient because she had a lot of work to do. Um, This is our 11th episode, Divine Purpose Podcast. Um, Please check us online on www.dppodcast.com, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. This is Divine Purpose Podcast Live with Eddie Dasius. On our 11th episode, thank you and see you guys soon.